1: You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.
0: Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hello
2: there, friend. Angie Austin with The Good News, along with Donna Hetzler with the Jericho Girls Ministry and Eric Raymer. Eric, give us your PR website.
1: PRMediaCoach.com.
2: And producer Dave. So basically, we're radio buddies and friends, and we all get together and share good news with you. And we've got a story about uh, uh, kids, and I love stories when kids are like just good, stinking people. It makes me happy. And this one, uh, Dave, why don't you introduce it, and then we'll get our conversation rolling.
3: So this kid, I, I want to say he's in like fifth grade, um, and he was diagnosed with alopecia, which is a immune disorder that makes all your hair fall out. Which in, so, that,
2: in that, when you're young, when you're a kid, that's not, that's, yeah, tough. Well, it's not just oh, a hair sure.
3: on your head. It's, and it makes everyone, it's like eyelashes. your eyelashes, your eyebrows, everything. And, all, everything. and so you look different. I mean, it's yeah. not one of those invisible, invisible things. Luckily, it's not like life threatening or anything. It can make you sick or whatever a little bit. You got to watch it. But it made him go bald. And so he's going back to school thinking he's this crazy freak. And so his friends took it upon themselves to fix that.
4: A few months ago, life took a tough turn for third grader Luke Nelson. He was diagnosed with alopecia, an autoimmune disorder that made his hair fall out. It was very hard for me. I was, I was afraid of being, um, well, different. Feeling self conscious, he hid beneath a baseball cap. He's one of the friends, and he's hurt, and so we needed to help him. So 16 of Luke's third grade classmates put their heads together, literally, a group trip to the barber for haircuts just like Luke's. I'm really glad we did it just to help Luke and give him some
5: self-confidence.
6: A keepsake picture of this band of brothers. They've got each
1: other's back, you know, and that's a life lesson that's going to stay with them forever.
0: They're just supporting me and it feels like and it feels like I don't have to be afraid anymore. <laughs> Forgetting what he's missing
6: and cherishing
0: what he's found.
2: The maturity. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, third-grade CEOs. Really really helping doing this to help his self-esteem band together, <laughs> to give him support. I love no this
1: story, though. I, I absolutely do. Friends who who just will just go right there and say, you know what, you don't have to do this alone.
5: Yes, and it leaves a lifetime mark. Um, this will be something that Luke will remember his whole life, that his dude friends had his back, and um, it changes your posturing as you go into life. It yeah. really does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought it was a good uh, story to share, too, before we talk uh, a little bit more about our
2: buddy Eric Raymer. And, uh, Are we talking about him? Yeah, we're going to talk about him because Eric and I became friends here at the studio, at Crawford Studios, and they had their radio show here. He and Angel, and then we became friends and have stayed friends. And he left for a little while, and then I uh, went to another station, and then uh, that didn't work out uh, in the long run. And he, uh, uh, I'm speaking for you, I guess. So I'll let you f- explain that if you want. But um, anyway, he ended up uh, not doing radio for a while, and I just kept God just kept putting him in my head. And I thought, well, why don't you reach out to Eric? Because you need, you've been thinking about getting like a more you know male voices on the good news team because you know we have several people that come through friends of the show and we talk about real life and we hope encourage you and offer some of the good news of the world but also of the bible and so i reached out to eric and he said i really miss radio and i'd love to come in and we've found out a lot about eric the last month or so he's been filling in on all the shows with me and you still invite me back (laughs) you know working as an illusionist and as a pastor in the past and you're 10 years on radio and now you've got a pr company and you're uh Uh, working with lyft as well and you're building websites for people so
1: yeah there's a lot there. and
2: you mentioned about being 17 and your life changing that you had gone to basically a program that turned your life around because you were going down the wrong path and so you've got a testimony about jesus in there
1: yeah absolutely i uh at, at the age of 16 uh got busted for uh Uh, doing drugs and things like that. I grew up in Orange County California and I was out of control and a long story short my parents uh, uh, miraculously and I mean with the help of God got me into a program called Teen Challenge here in Denver and I'd never been out of California before I'd never uh, you know done any of that kind of stuff before but they uh, put me into this one-year rehabilitation type program and I was the youngest kid in in history at this uh, at this point
0: really? in, in
1: Denver. And uh, the the no the misnomer of Teen Challenge is that it's a teenage program, and it's really not. Really into the twenties. It's it's into their nineties. Uh, uh, I mean, wow. they they really started with adults on the streets of uh, New York City. And um, anyways, I went through the program. It's a, a it's year, tough, isn't it? It's a twelve month program. It took me eighteen months to get through. Uh, I was tough, <laughs> but I did turned my life over to the lord i went through i went back to to california to go to bible college um your parents
2: I, must have been shocked uh,
1: well the, the, my whole family got saved as a result of my wow. transformation uh, and so it was one of those things And i knew i knew that i was called to the ministry i didn't know exactly what type of ministry so i was going to college to figure all that out and um after a brief but very serious illness uh, it came to my my attention that the ministry was the ministry of Teen Challenge, so I went back and became the youngest director in the history of the program uh, for Teen Challenge of Wyoming. So I did that until, and, and I did that from '88 to '91.
2: Why do you think it works so well? Is it because they do use Christ in the healing of yeah. these kids?
1: Yeah, it's called the Jesus factor, and uh, and we we don't candy coat it. You know, there are. It's not that I'm against the 12-step program. The 12-step program works for a lot of people. But the twelve-step program says, "Hi, my name is Eric. I'm an alcoholic, or I'm a drug addict." And uh, the the mantra—it's the wrong word—the the philosophy of Teen Challenge is, "Hi, my name is Eric, and I am saved. I'm blood bought. I'm sanctified. I'm I'm healed, and I am no longer." An so it's like the Philippians four
2: thirteen kind of, "I can do all and things, all through, things Christ. through
1: Christ, who strengthens me." Right? Yes. You gotta, yes I mean Right. We got to make sure that we add add the whole thing.
2: Yes.
5: Now, did you go into this this uh, rehabilitation thinking, "Oh God, it's a God thing"? And mm-hmm. I was <laughs> I,
1: I leave this part out for the most part when I tell the story because uh, it, it takes longer to process than than most. I was a member of the organized Church of Satan <laughs> so uh, he was... when I went in, into so really the, literally? I, I literally okay because you've got a yeah. sense of humor, so no, I kind of no, chuckle. Yeah, I'm like, true. "That's it's, good." It's, it's true. Like he was involved <laughs> in um, evil. I was wow. I was a really bad egg. And um, so, yes, when I went in, I thought, this is just a joke. But I was i, I was—I um, was dumb but not stupid, right? Okay, right? I was offered 20 to 40 years in federal prison for my crimes mm-hmm. or one year at Teen Challenge.
5: Sure, but you could have walked just in with Teen a challenge. heart and heart saying, okay, I'm going to pretend like Ten. I believe Jesus. I did Jesus. my best. Okay.
1: But uh, the, the good news is that the Lord uh, got a hold of me. I believe that if he can change my life, he can change anybody's life. And I, I was that director of that program for four more years when I decided oh. I wanted to go out and, uh, and and start an evangelistic ministry. And I thought, well, what's the best way to get people's attention so that they will come to the to the, the meetings where I can give them the the double barrel shotgun of the Holy Ghost right <laughs> Yes. And uh, I chose to be a Christian illusionist. I used what the world calls magic or magic tricks. And I, I use that, my, my verbiage carefully because the Bible calls magic, witchcraft, and sorcery, and dark arts, and supernatural, spiritual, boogity-boogity, and, and drug-induced psychosis. I have nothing to do with any of those things. Sure. Using usual things in unusual ways to communicate a message that will change a life, that's what I did. And I got, uh, for 15 years, I toured the world. Um, I, I got to work on stage with 240,000 people in attendance with Luis Palau. Um, I've I've seen amazing transformations.
2: You've lived like many lives. It's true. We talk about how you know, restart, and I, you know, I was never worried when you left radio about what you, you would do next because you, you've you know reinvented yourself so many times. So well, you... when it
1: comes to sink or swim, I don't know how to sink. Yeah, I just don't know how. You you got it. You got a. You've
2: got a good work ethic, though.
1: I know how to roll up my sleeves. Yep. Right. You, you got to get the work done. You got to get the thing done. There's no excuse. I, my my father, God bless him, he's still. I just came back this week from uh, visiting him. Ninety-one years old, tough old man, and uh, you know, he's uh, he set the the bar pretty high. Uh, mm-hmm. You, you got to get the work done.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, Donna, you're a hard worker too, Dave. You as well. Like it's something that Dave's generation actually. That the millennials have more of that, like, but they want the work-life balance. That's a that's a tough thing for some of us who've worked. I worked seven days a week probably till my mid-thirties and started when I was sixteen. Yeah. So like, I'm tired
5: now. Like, I'm not. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Know, not, I think
1: I've, yeah. I've got better work-life balance. So, you know, everything kind of came to a, a weird transition uh, about a year ago. We were doing radio for ten years, had a, a very high, highly rated, very well well appreciated. Uh, business talk shows, nationally syndicated. And uh, in one smooth move, everything changed. And I got the opportunity to step back and ask myself at 51 years old, what do I want to do when I grow up and start all over again? And I've got a better work-life balance today than I ever
2: have. Well, and Eric and I actually became friends here at Crawford. He worked in the studio next to me, KLC, with Experience Pros Radio, and I was always impressed by how hard he worked, and they were always getting clients and sponsors, and, you know, they really needed to to keep their show going, and uh, we, you know, had stayed friends. I've never heard Eric utter a bad word about anyone in all of my dealings with him in all the years. I've worked with him Um, or around him, near him, and he just kept coming into my head. And so I was glad I reached out to him to see if he wanted to take part in the Good News team that we have come in here. Uh, If you're just joining us, Eric Gramer sharing some of his testimony. So then uh, when you had to reinvent yourself, uh, what did you, like how did you come up with a plan? Because I know you love radio, but your partner then went on to do something else, uh, speaking, and then you were like, what?
1: Well, you know the the immediate uh, need was covered because I had been driving for a rideshare program called Lyft, right? So the 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 dollar amount for to to, to make sure that there's a roof over my head that was covered uh, by that. But I started you know waiting on the Lord and asking Him, what is it that You would have me do? And I also asked several close friends because I think there's wisdom in, in in a multitude of counsel, right? And so I asked several friends, and one of them that I'd been working PR for nine years uh, and, and uh, had, had, had such great time with him and seen him go from $800,000 to a uh, multimillion-dollar corporation now. And um, he says, why don't you do what you love, do what you're good at. You, you write really well. And you do PR well. You've got a black book from being on radio nationally syndicated for ten years. I've talked, you know, you know this, Angie. You've done this as well. Talked to the most influential business leaders in the world in ten-minute segments about everything having to do with business development. So I've kind of got gone to the school of hard knocks, if you will. Um, so I decided to incorporate that. So PR and media covers. Yeah, I can introduce you to the people that you want to know. If you want to meet Oprah, I can find a way to get to to meet Oprah. If you want to to get on Ellen DeGeneres' show, we could probably make that happen. But more than that, if you want the world, the Internet to see you, find you, I know how to take a website and turn it into a magnet, right? I know how to uh, build the media and get you featured on other media that – in many cases, most people just don't know how to do, and that's where I come in to to help them.
5: That's exciting.
1: You know, it's it's been fun, and then uh, out of the, uh, I guess out of the, the wind, I don't know. There's I don't, there's no coincidence, but after an 18 year retirement from uh, doing illusions, because I stopped that when I started working here right. in in radio. Um, I decided to uh, see if I still got it, so I put together a little thing in December, and sold it out. Oh my God! Another one coming. It was amazing. We do on uh, on March twenty third, which is a Saturday evening in Centennial, uh, Colorado, seven a.m. or I'm sorry, seven p.m. to eight thirty p.m. I was like, you lost me. Seven a.m. It's called Wine and Wonder. And uh, you know the, the the promo of it says, uh, "I explore the secret places of your imagination." What we really do is have a great time of fun, a little bit of mystery, and you meet new people. You have a glass of wine if you want, and and the 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 fee is is twenty dollars, and it includes your first either glass of wine or if you if you're not a drinker, that's okay. Uh, I'll buy your first drink no matter what, and and so. Everybody gets a little something. It's family-friendly. You can bring the kids. Um, Are you
5: sold out yet? Oh, my gosh. This sounds too I'm, good to be true. I'm
1: not. And this, I think Jennifer is going to go.
5: I'm going to go, too. going to go? Uh, yeah, the, I'm
2: going to
1: go. The limit uh, to this thing is 80 people because that's the, the fire code for this particular venue. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the reason I chose Water to Wine in Centennial, uh, which is like University and County Line Road down in Centennial, mm-hmm. The reason I chose them is because we have been doing business with them for 10 years wow. with my other company, Experience Pros. And, you know, that, that's one of those things that I, I believe in developing solid relationships.
5: Yes. And what are you
3: doing in there, producer? Dave? <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> heard a chuckle. No, but and I, like... just, I have a lot of screens going on. I have a lot of things. To
2: okay. Say. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, wow, that is not, if this is even funny, you're
3: cracking David. sorry.
1: I okay. didn't mean I'm not laughing uh, at you.
2: So, uh,
1: you know, we we could do an illusion right here. We Let's could. do it. You, you want to do something yes. right, right yes, here yes. right now? Yes, yes, yes. All right, um, let, let's do this. I'm going to- Can, can we do this your, on the radio? Of course, absolutely. Okay, okay.
5: Should we put it on Facebook Live, Angie, or something? And
1: No, no, no. Let's, let's not make this crazy. <laughs> uh, but let me borrow your pencil, if you don't mind. Sure. That's something to write mm-hmm. with. And I've got a piece of paper. Is there anything on this piece of paper right no, this here? No, no. All right, how about this? Do you see anything on that piece of paper? Nope. It's because I haven't written anything yet. But I'm okay. going to write one word, and mm-hmm. it's any word in the English language. Uh, Producer Dave, you got the internet over there. How many words in the English language? Yeah. Ask Dr. Ask Dr. Google, because yeah. I think there's like fifteen, twenty thousand, maybe fifty-five thousand. I'm gonna write one word.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. All right. And I'm gonna turn it over. Nobody can see what it is. Producer Dave, you got uh, an answer for me?
3: 171,476 words in current use. That's pretty much like uh, Uh, (laughs)
1: 15,000. Donna, uh, we're going to use you for this example. I wrote my pencils down. My hands are in the air. I won't change what I've written. But before we do, let's just build a foundation, a base. Did we set this up?
5: No, we didn't set anything up. Is there
1: any way possible that you could know... What word I wrote? Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, look at that. She's exactly right. I wrote the word. I wrote the word no, producer Dave. Yeah,
5: that's
2: I, good. I did it. Oh. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, the illusions done the, the, in Centennial at seven p.m. will be much better than this. What are you
5: talking about?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Some good stuff. Right I was like, there. this is
5: going to be good because I got my word, you know. But oh, that's <laughs> it's so awesome. Not, yeah. that
1: so <laughs> I feel press-a-digitated. You did. All right, Angie. Let's do one for you. Okay, I'm going to write another word on this, and I'm going okay. to okay. write. Uh, I'm gonna write. Uh, so this answer right
5: there. everything opposite that he's okay, asking yeah, you. Yeah, oh, we're yeah. on you to you him now. Three
1: items in front of you. You got your purse. You got your uh, water, and you got your cell phone. Yeah. Yes. yes. All right. Uh, did we set anything up?
5: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Magic over the radio is really dumb. This way. No, no, we didn't set anything no, up? No, you have not. no idea what's about ready to happen? No. All right, God gave you two hands. Do you agree with that? Yes. With both of your hands, one, I want you, there's three items, the purse, yeah. the water, the, the cell phone. Yeah. With two hands, I want you to pick up two items right now. Go. 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 Did I tell you which ones to pick up? No. No, which ones did you pick up?
2: The purse and the water. The purse and the
1: water. Great. Yeah. Keep, keep holding them if you would, okay. please. Yes, yes, Hand me one of them. It doesn't matter which okay. one you hand me. Okay,
2: I'm going to give you my um, lavender purse. Yeah, just because we want to see Eric hold that. Lavender back. purse. Yes. That's,
1: that's amazing. Uh, Donna, real loud, read out the word that I wrote next to your note.
5: Purse. He did uh, it. He did it. Oh, oh. That's
2: <laughs> Pretty good. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah that's that was great. Yeah. Now yeah. let's let's tie it together with a little Bible story. Can we do that? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just Bible a little stories. thing. All right. Yeah. So here it is. Okay. Uh, I ask people: Is it possible to predict the future? Is it possible to know something no, with 100% so. certainty? 100% of the time. If God
5: gives you a vision.
1: All right. All right. Mm, what about this? Can in you be general, right 100% no. of the time? 100 uh, 100%? No. Accurate? I'm Italian, yes. I all, can't. All right. I <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Most people think that the answer is no, but Correct. really in truth the answer is and we just demonstrated with an, uh, the use of an illusion that the answer is yes. It is possible to know you the truth. Right, Donna. You know, hold on for just a second. Here's the truth. I can't know your future. That's that's an abomination to the Lord. That nobody wants to to mess with any of that kind of stuff. But here's the truth: what we just experienced, just an illusion. Yes. But I know this for a fact, Eric Raymer, me. You. I'm going to heaven. Yes. I know it. I'm blood, body, sanctified. It. Yes. Come on. Uh huh. Right? Yes. I know I'm going to heaven. I can't tell you this story, but I can tell you this: you can know the truth as well. So your my question to you is: Are you? And we leave it at that you can you can know for a fact how do you know because we know that the Word of God is true we know that it's time-tested tried and we know that Jesus Christ came to not only forgive our sins but that in that forgiveness he grants us access to eternity of reward and
5: you experience that through your story I mean Jesus came into your life and changed you Uh, somebody who came from Orange County who was addicted to drugs a young teen and has accomplished all this and has found peace. I'm, and I'm
1: experiencing the first fruits right here, right yes. now. And, uh, and so be blessed, friends. Uh, magic is not real, but the Word of God is.
2: Yep. And where can they find you, Eric? Uh,
1: PRmediacoach.com is my website. You can find me on Facebook, Eric Raymer, and uh, that's where you'll find information about the uh, Wine and Wonder on March 23rd.
2: And Jericho Girls, that's a ministry encouraging and uplifting women. They're doing a call once a month, but there's meetings as well. But if you don't have time for that you just want to be on the call, hear a speaker and ask questions, that's once a month. to your website?
5: Yes, jerichogirls.org. Excellent. We'll be right back with the good news.
0: The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Having fun in the mountains is easy year-round with YMCA of the Rockies. Come fill your spring days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Estes Park Center, we love spring in the Rockies. This year, YMCA spring break activities start on March 8th. The fun never stops at the YMCA of the Rockies spring break. Get out there and enjoy some springtime hiking and activities like wildlife and ecology classes, guided hikes into Rocky Mountain National Park, or even fun and entertaining bug classes for the kids. YMCA Esses Park is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your spring break with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures. At YMCA of the Rockies, go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today.
5: Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will have you looking and feeling your best. Roxy O'Brien transforms lives using a non-surgical revolutionary treatment called Cool Sculpting that targets, freezes, and eliminates fat cells in the areas of your body that are resistant to diet and exercise. With this non-invasive and effective procedure, you will start to see a difference fast. And the best part is that as a Good News listener, you will receive a buy three, get one free special on your Cool Sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to rejuvenation on the rocks that's rejuvenation on the rox.com to start your cool sculpting package and be sure to tell roxy that you are a good news listener to receive your special pricing deal
3: Hi, this is Producer Dave. Hello, friends. How are you? Welcome back to The Good News with Angie Austin and Friends. This is, like I said, Producer Dave, and uh, this is the next installment of my amazing author series that I've been doing. Um, Angie can't always make it in for these recordings, so what I do is I book these, and I get to talk to some pretty incredible people. I've been talking to more and more amazing people, and this is uh, no different, uh, although this is our old friend, Nina Rosner. Uh, You may remember her. um, She came on for... uh, 101 Ways to Treat Your Husband, 100 Ways to Treat Your Wife, and she's got a ministry for women that kind of it has marriage training, and now she's out with this new lesson, this new book called 12 Truths That Will Change Your Marriage. And hello, uh, welcome to the show today, Nina.
6: It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me back.
3: Yes, of course. It's always great to talk to you, and I know even people... Um, even people with uh, really rough marriages or, you know, even people with really easy marriages still need to work at it every single day. It's not easy. Um, I know like with me, it's just come really easy. The past, you know, 13 years with my wife have been uh, just incredible and we barely even ever squabble and we have really good communication skills, but there's still hard times and there's still little things and that we have to work at it every single day. And that's kind of where you come from, right? Even the best marriages need work, right?
6: Yeah, and part of the reason your marriage is good is because you're doing some things right, and you're doing them. Because if you stop doing them, then things have a problem, so good for you. Right,
3: well, thank you very much. But not everybody is like that. A lot of people feel alone in their marriage, or they feel like um, you know everything's dedicated to the kids, or, or somebody is too dedicated to their job, or there's a lot of things out there. There's a lot of problems with people, and this book kind of delves into some of those.
6: Yeah, and it has some solutions, too. It's a book for women, and you know, it's part of the Respect Dare journey that um, you know, started with Thomas Nelson back in 2012. But this book has um, some ideas and some deeper thoughts than the Respect Dare does.
3: How so? Because I know the Respect there I mean, the whole thing... I'm sorry, r- please refresh us. The the Respect there though, is also... It's kind of like... Um, a challenge to everybody as a way to respect their spouse or something?
6: Yeah, it's for women to respect their husbands. And there's 40 dares. And they're, some of them are easy and some of them not so much, but they're very doable. It's kind of like a devotional experience. But we wrap our training method at Greater Impact around what the book does. And so it's, it's experiential and it changes a lot of people's lives. It's Super cool! I love what God does in the middle
1: of it. Yeah, so
3: it just kind of opens your eyes to things that you may not have even noticed that you were doing that that you right. were disrespecting your spouse and you didn't even mean to. Uh, oftentimes.
6: Yeah, exactly.
3: Okay, and then this next one, the t- twelve truths, um, it kind of goes deeper into those those the key fundamentals that you find during the during the dares.
6: Yeah, some underlying uh, premises or concepts that really fuel why certain things, uh, quote-unquote, work or help. You know, the the first one, which I think honestly is uh, one of the most important, if not the most important, it says, what you really believe about God and the Bible impacts your relationships. And my guess is that that's part of why you and your wife are successful.
3: Right. Maybe. I mean, I know that we agree, uh, you know, I mean, we don't agree on everything, but um, <laughs> yeah, we definitely agree there. So that's that's maybe one of the fundamental bricks to it. And then, um, you know, you just kind of go from there. And and like I said at the beginning, um, you know, even people who have really good solid relationships can still get something out of this because they'll still learn something about how they react within the dynamics of their own relationship. Isn't that right?
6: Yeah. So one of the truths is build a friendship even when it's difficult. And I think one of the things that is hard about friendship within your marriage is that you know when you when you first start spending time together when you're dating, you know you're really into each other, everything's wonderful. The other person can't do anything wrong. And then that limerence, which is actually a physiological condition, like a dopamine addiction, you know, the happy hormone, (laughs) and I can do it hormone, that wears off after a while. And then those realities of, "Uh huh, maybe I really don't enjoy fly fishing, and he still does. The things we try on and then, you know, look at is, yeah, yeah, we just start separating a little bit. And the problem with that is that the relationship can start to decay as we lose touch with the friendship. So we're either putting things and in effort into the friendship or it's dying. And that's really, really sad because that's where the you know the trust comes in and the safety and the security in the relationship is actually based on that friendship.
3: Right, right. And you mentioned something important there. I think uh, you met, you used the example of fly fishing and not everyone likes fly fishing. And even half of a couple can like fly fishing. And my, my wife and I actually talk about this. And I think it is another fundamental thing about what keeps us together is she likes certain things and I like certain things. Some of the things are the same and some of the things are different, but that's okay. Like we allow each other to go like our things separately so that we can still get that joy from that. And do you Do you find that that's a good tenant to a relationship too?
6: Yeah. And the interest that the other spouse shows in those things. Like my husband, when I go horseback riding, sometimes he comes and he hates horseback riding. He just (laughs) hates it. But he'll come out to the barn and he'll, you know, bring work or a book or something like that. And I'll go ride and then, you know, we'll, we'll go there together. We'll leave there together. And I'm not mechanical, and we have a boat. Uh, it's just a little fishing boat. Uh, but I don't, I don't know anything about... I could break an engine, you know, in a heartbeat. And, <laughs> yeah, my daughter won't let me touch her sewing machine. But, the, you know, I go sit with him while he's working on it just to spend time with him. And I don't understand why that is, but he feels... The first time I did it, he was like, gosh, that was really fun. Thank you so much. And I didn't... I hardly said anything to him. I just stood there while he was working on this boat engine and it meant a lot to him. And so, you know, we have to think about how can I serve my spouse relationally also. You know, it's one thing to get somebody a cup of coffee, and it's another to be interested in, hey, how was your horseback ride? Or, you know, what are you doing this weekend? What, you know, are you golfing? And, you know, that kind of stuff. Or how was the game? You know, asking questions, being interested in them as a person is super important. as part of it.
3: Right. That's so cool. It always amazes me at how little the things are that make the biggest difference like just standing there while he's working on the engine or while he, you know, is going to come to the barn while you go ride your horse. And uh, I think that's really cool. And, you know, you don't always have to love it, and you don't have to do it every single time, but it's right. those little things that make a, really do make a huge difference.
6: And it's the little things that destroy the relationship also. You know, John Gottman, Dr. John Gottman out of Seattle, Washington, he has an institute where he researches Marriages, and he's been studying these same couples over 400 of them for over 30 years. And one of the things that um, he calls them sliding door, sliding door moments. So you have this opportunity to, be like, five seconds where you see your spouse is feeling a certain way, and maybe you were on your way to go, you know, get a sandwich, or you know, you're you're walking by, you want to go read your book or something, and you notice that they're sad about something, and you have a choice to make in that little itty bitty moment. And enough of those choices that are engaging with your spouse and relationship-based, that's what builds your relationship. And if you have too many where you make selfish choices, then you have people going, I don't spend any time with you. I don't feel like you know me. I, I don't feel loved by you. You know, that's, the, that's that path. And so we have to make the good choices and sometimes the hard ones, but they're the ones where we, you know, die our selfish wants and interact over things that are important to the other person.
3: Well, I think that's great. That's such amazing advice. How did, just curiously, how did you get into this? Did you just find that you're like, oh, every relationship I have is perfect, and so I think I should <laughs> teach everybody about it? <laughs>
6: <laughs> I really wish that were true. Um, golly. So, yeah, so I grew up in broadcasting. My dad owned a couple of radio stations, and I love the whole communication element of you know radio and I love public speaking I ended up getting a master's degree in communication and that was purely by accident a completely other different story but I worked for a company when I got out of school I started working for a company called Dale Carnegie training of the oldest and largest training corporations in the world and they do public speaking and interpersonal training and I realized that so many of the um, principals were uh, Christian-based, and a lot of them were very values-driven, and I wanted to pursue more of that. I started studying, and I got married, and we uh, (laughs) were sitting around with a bunch of friends one night, and somebody had this stupid idea where we're going to rate our mate. And so, you know, they were like, okay, so give your marriage a a number, you know, zero to ten. Zero is it's terrible, and ten is it's awesome. And I was feeling pretty lonely. I did I was uh, really involved with a lot of uh, selfishness and, you know, really self focused. I was in the early twenties, so that, you know, that's not that yeah, uncommon.
4: That's
6: but um, you know, I was miserable and I was looking to my husband to fulfill all of my emotional needs. And so when it got to our spot, you know, I'm 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 like, I don't wanna go. I don't wanna say. And I got pushed. They insisted. I said, okay, it's a two. And, you know, that just kind of killed the moment for everybody. (laughs) Nobody wanted My husband looks at me, and in front of our friends, he says, so I would have given us an eight. I take it we need to talk. And I said, yeah, that would probably be good. And it took me a while to figure out that um, I was looking in the wrong places. But I studied relationships, it was part of my degree program, but I, I realized that there's a number of really basic premises that if we get and we understand, we can really improve the relationships all around us, not just with our spouse. And there's also some things that happen with our spouse that don't happen in other relationships. Like I can um, what I call it white knuckling. I can put on a happy face. You know, I can do the right thing. I can smooth some communication skills, even when I'm, you know, not wanting to do that at that moment with that person because I disagree with them. But I'm, I'm choosing to listen well and choosing all those things. And the person will never know unless I'm in a really close relationship with them, and we have these itty bitty micro expressions where, in a fourth of a second, there's a flash across my face, and just a tiny movement. And my spouse will know that something's not quite right here. And so while I'm lying about how I'm feeling because I know it's the right thing to do, my spouse is kind of going, "Ah," and then they don't trust me as much. And so those little things really add up. And so teaching people, learning first learning how to speak the truth in a gentle way so I don't destroy the, my husband, you know, and my kids and all that, learning how to do that is really important. And then um, being able to help other women, which is what we do now, uh, be able to do the same things while telling the truth, you know, it, it's just super important and it impacts your relationships differently than uh, when you're at work or in small groups or, you know, that
3: kind of stuff. Right. Wow. This, this is exactly why I love talking to you. You always have such insightful things to say about relationships, even solid relationships or difficult relationships. And it's nice to know that everybody, even people that are really good at it, um, go through their hard times, too. Um, <laughs> but so you you mentioned... Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry. Let me reset here. Really, This is Producer Dave. You're listening to The Good News. Uh, this is my next installment of my uh, amazing author series. And I'm talking with Nina Rosner about... Uh, her new book, Twelve Truths to Change Your Marriage. Now, Nina, you earlier it said that the first tenet you think is the most important, the first truth in the book is the most important, and you said that was where you're, uh, as long as you kind of both agree on where you stand as far as church and Jesus and God, right? Is that kind of what you said?
6: Yeah, and, and there's, you know, underlying all of that is, you know, do you believe that God has your best interests at right, heart? Right, right. You know, is he good? <laughs> um. And if you're, you know, following Christ and that's your motivation uh, for doing things right, you will stay engaged and work on your marriage because you made an oath, made a vow to the creator of the universe. And and that's your motivation, even though you'd like to, you know, just be done. And so you have to figure it out. And I love that because if we will stick with it, research shows that five years later, even if you had a hard marriage, difficult things are better. So, toughing it out is actually a really good idea.
3: It's great. That's great advice. I mean, I think that a lot of marriages need to a little bit of toughen it out before you decide that you just need to go somewhere else or end it or something like that. I think that's very important because um, it's not always easy. And yes, it is work, but it's worth it in the end. So, uh, maybe give us a one more example of another truth that might get somebody to be interested and maybe want to go get the book.
6: So, one thing is about social media and. Uh, what you're putting into your head you know what are what you spending time looking at online where our culture is more depressed more anxious we have more mental illness than any time in our history and it sky it started to skyrocket when social media and cell phones became a thing common and what 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 that is is it's comparison so I get on social media and I see my friend and their crews and how happy they look and I you know I had an argument with my husband I burned my toast this morning and so I'm sitting there feeling like a loser and here's my friend and everything's perfect in her life and I scroll to the next photo and yeah same thing and as I'm doing that, if I spend an hour to an hour and a half a day on social media with the scrolling, I'm actually rewiring my brain to not think deeply. And what happens with that is that not only do I have the comparison going on, but I'm also looking at images that are not true. Everybody else is not perfect and happy, perfect all the time, right? But nobody takes pictures of their dirty laundry or, you know, the dog throwing up to and put on their Facebook account, right? That's not what they're posting. So... We have this false sense of perfection and what happy looks like, and we compare ourselves to that. And then when our husband comes home and you know, we're interacting over something, he's not like that photo series that I just bombarded myself with and have done that every single day for the last however many months, years, whatever. And so we start sowing seeds of discontent in our own hearts by what we choose to expose ourselves to. And we start limiting our ability to have executive function in our brain by the short attention span theater that social media is, that scrolling activity is actually really bad for us. It affects our memory, and it affects our ability to interact in healthy ways with other people.
3: Wow, that's really I mean that's pretty intense just to think about. I mean I know a lot of people have problems with it, but I've never heard it put so like that that it's such a big problem. I completely agree. I think I uh, see a lot of people kind of compare themselves to other people who are lying on social media about how awesome their lives are. Anyway, um, you know, just like I like you said, you know, I'm not gonna do the the dog people I have to pick up, but I'm gonna do you know when I go on vacation. And so like everybody kind of does that a little bit you put uh-huh. your best self out there and it's kind of expected to the p- keep your best self out there but but uh, yeah you can't compare yourself I think that's one of the most dangerous things you can do and I man I think that's such great advice and um, we're getting really close here to the end of this interview Nina and thank you so much for being here uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they could get the book and why don't you tell them you know uh, where, where they can see you and what's coming next and where we can meet you or if anyone would like to contact you
6: Thank you so much. It's great to be back here. We are greaterimpact.org, and we have some free resources on our website. And one of our, our big thing that we do right now is a strength and dignity e-course where we teach women how to turn conflict into connection and deflate defensiveness and re- rethink respect. And so they can find out more about that at greaterimpact.org. And we'd love to interact with any of your listeners, and thanks for having me back
3: yes thank you thank you again and we always love having you on the show and um i'm sure we'll be able to talk to you again and everybody go check out what nina's doing next check out 12 truth that can change your marriage maybe it'll help you and uh and go check her out at greaterimpact.org um and so thank you i think it was yes greaterimpact.org and thank you again nina and uh, we'll be right back with a little bit more good news
2: All right, I have Melissa. She's an ambassador with ARC. You know I love ARC. I get great deals there, but the money goes back to the community and helps so many people. Melissa, tell me
5: about ARC. ARC is just an amazing foundation who helps people with intellectual disabilities, and it's just amazing. I love working there. I've worked there for almost five years.
2: Well, and I feel like there's a family environment there. Now, when I shop at ARC, we always say shopping with a purpose. So let's say I spend $10 at ARC, but how does it help other people?
5: When you buy stuff at the ARC, it helps people with intellectual disabilities. It helps the community. I like working at the ARC thrift store. It's really fun.
2: So. Well, I think you have such a fantastic personality. I think one of the best things about ARC are the ambassadors like yourself, because I think you guys are the heart of the organization. And I find so much positivity and encouragement and I want ARC to come to my house with a truck. What do I call? You
5: call 303 238 Jane. Again, the number's 303 238 Jane. The website is arcthrift.org. Again, it's arcthrift.org. You rock, Melissa. Thank you for coming in to talk to me about ARC.
2: Welcome back, Angie Austin here. We've got a sneak peek of the New York Toy Fair. Joining us is toy and trend expert and one of my favorites, Renee Rice. Welcome back, Renee. Well, thanks Angie, it's always a pleasure to be a part of your show. Alright, so I have to know what's hot this year, you know I'm a toy lover, so what's standing out?
4: Well, we know everybody loves Lego, and this year Duplo is celebrating 50th anniversary. And if you remember Angie, Duplo bricks were created for toddlers, so this develops their motor skills with chunkier Lego bricks that were designed for smaller hands. And it doesn't get any more iconic than they have this new playset called the Duplo Fire Station. So it invites kids into their community to build and play with something they recognize in a safe and fun way, the fire station. Now there's both male and female firefighters in the set, there's a cute Dalmatian puppy, and a really fun light and sound brick that adds an authentic touch to their play. So whether they're just learning to stack, to build, or to role play, Duplo really offers this wide variety of skill sets for all the learning ages.
2: I have to tell you, the Duplo, the Lego, it's just, they're genius. And I've got kids of all ages, and they never grow old, and they can do them together.
4: Yes, they can play with it together, and adults love making Legos too. In fact, it's the 20th anniversary of their Star Wars sets this year, so there's lots of uh, play for adults as well.
2: Well, speaking of which, that playing together, getting kids to interact in person and play together, whether it be with other kids, their siblings or adults, it's so important. So any games where we like, we have a game night.
4: Yes, actually, there's um, Goliath Games is a company that's really known for their family skill in action games, so you'll love this one. And they always put a twist on the game. So this one, you can get ready to make a splash with something called Hydro Strike. So it's a head-to-head, tabletop, pinball game. But you need really fast fingers to shoot the ball into your opponent's goal. And when you score, your opponent will get sprayed in the face with water. So since this player is aimed at both players, you have to strike and then sit back or else you'll get wet, too. And the first player to score five times wins. So it's great for the whole family.
2: I love that. I love that with uh, playing with my mother-in-law as well. Get it? her in the face.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right. What else? Well, we know that STEM is the top of many people's minds because in the schools, kids are learning to code and program with STEM robots. So there's a company called Pi Technology, and they've introduced something called PiBots. So this is a new coding robotics kit for kids ages four and up. So parents can do this with their kids at home. And it helps, helps children to grow, to develop, and to play by turning their screen time into playtime. So kids can program and code six different pre-designed PiBots, or they can create their own robot, because there's over 150 uniquely shaped, easy-to-grip blocks that have rounded edges, and they'll inspire kids' imagination with tangible, hands-on learning. And this is the most natural way for younger kids to learn. Now, they can teach their robots to move, to dance, make sounds, and to light up using the free app. Then there's this overlay. They have 30 interactive augmented reality puzzles. Wow. Using their digital tools, they can learn even more coding concepts with visual cues.
2: I, I love the STEM and STEAM-like kind of you know toys because you don't feel guilty buying them because the, you know they're coding, they're, they have robotics classes now in high school. So this is yeah. useful stuff they're learning while they're having fun. Any more STEM or STEAM-type toys?
4: Well, there's actually a lot of imagination toys out there as well. So there's tons of STEAM and STEM toys that will be introduced at the fair, so I'll be updating my website with even more information. But I want to tell you about this product called the Space Odyssey Playhouse. Now, this is by a new company called Sharing Land and it's about four feet tall and four feet round. So kids can explore their entire galaxy with their imagination, and they even get great wearable space gear. So it's constructed of durable cardboard. It's an eight-sided play environment, so there's lots of room inside and out to play. There's sturdy space accessories they can wear, like little jet packs and space goggles and armbands and communicator bracelets, and it even comes with three little aliens. Now, everything is made from 80% recycled materials. So it reduces the accumulation of space junk. <laughs> and kids can customize their spaceship with washable markers.
2: Oh my and the good God, I'm thing looking is, at it right now. It's amazing. It looks like what they have so at our, good. it looks just like the one they have at the Museum of Nature and Science. But, you know, that one's obviously slightly bigger. But it looks just like the, the one that they have at the museum where you go into the little pod, the space pod. Yes. And, ha, I love it.
4: And what's great about this one is when the mission's complete, it has a foldable design. So it breaks down and you can store it in seconds until they have their next intergalactic mission. In I space. love
2: it when the mission is complete and you can fold it up and put it in the closet. And you can put the alien, the three aliens in there as well.
4: Yeah, everything folds really flat and just can slide right into the bed or into a closet. It's really nice. And I just love how durable and sturdy it is.
2: It's adorable, the little blue aliens. This is great. This is my favorite. I love it. Okay, where do we go for more info, Renee?
4: You can go to my website at ReneeRice.com, that's spelled R-E-Y-N-E-R-I-C-E.com, and we'll be updating with uh, blogs and different information from the fair as well. In fact, all year round, it's always updated with new ideas for, for play, for families, and for kids.
2: Love it. Have fun at the Toy Fair. Thanks, Renee. Oh, Thanks so much for having me be a part of your show.